in the year 2013. Many years before the very first episode of Geek So To Speak podcast. I'm Rob, by the way. Shoff. Oh, we're using our made-up names. Um, I'm Wonder Rob, then. Come on, Shop. Well, it's time to record now. Yeah, Wonder Rob, I just can't wait to record now. We met on stage because we like to perform now. We're best of friends co-hosting all of our shows now. It's time to celebrate our energy. With new shows for you to blast every freaking week. Come on, Shop. It's time to let our geeks speak. I hear you, Rob. My geeks speak has crazy tech. We move of Marvel. DC's okay. Our content rocks. Geek news all day. Welcome back, fellow geeks, for another episode of Geek So To Speak podcast, your source for all things geek. We're talking movies, we're talking TV shows, we're talking comic books, we're talking geek news, we're talking trailers, we're talking video games, we're talking everything in between, and this week is no different. I am your co-host, Wonder Rob, coming at you live, well, semi-live, technically, from Southern California, and on the line... With me is my best friend in the whole wide world, the yin to my yang, the cheech to my chong, the doctor to my strange. Shaf, how's it going, Shaf? Hey, what's going on, Wonder Rob? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing uh, so good. So good. Just like always. Just like always. And just like always, thank you. To the listeners for being here, whether it's your first time or you're a loyal returning listener. If it is your first time, do us a personal favor. Hit subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to this podcast. And while you're at it, if the platform you're listening to us on gives you the opportunity to give us a review, why don't you hit five stars? That's probably a choice. Five stars. And leave us a nice comment because if you do, well... You're going to be happy in pants next week. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. And for the loyal listeners coming back, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Shaf and I greatly appreciate it because without you, there is no us. And without us, there is no you. It's a a symbiotic relationship, really. Uh, So thank you so much for joining this week. So. Just like always, we got a real big week. We got a, a heaping helping of geek news. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Some Doctor Strange Spider-Man news. GameStop is making waves. Uh, we got a return of a fan favorite segment shop. Buzzworthy or Buttworthy <laughs> is making a value return. And of course, we're doing a video game roundup because we've been playing lots, lots of video games this week. Oh, yeah. So. Here's the thing. Before we uh, before we get started, Shaf, usually 
At the beginning of the show, each week, we'll take a moment to catch up with each other. We like to pretend that we don't talk to each other every day and catch up on the podcast. Well, here's the thing, Shav. You know it. I know it. The American people know it. We've been playing a lot of video games this week on on each end, so we are going to do a special video game segment at the end of the show talking about all the games we've been playing. Of course, Fall Guys Season 2, Super Mario 35, we got a big chunk of that in. I've been playing a game called Hades. Uh, Shaf has been playing uh, a game, if I recall, called Transgender. (laughs) No, what was it called? (laughs) Transistor. Transistor. Those two words are really close together. No, no, not transistor. Transistor. (laughs) Hold on. Not, okay. Wow, this game sounds boring then. All right. I was really excited for it. It could have been a lot better. (laughs) Uh, And a couple other games. Uh, So we're actually going to say we're going to do a, a rare switching up of the format where we usually talk about our weeks and the games we've been playing. We're going to do that after Geek News this week. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into Geek News. Usually I segue for Geek News, but this is the segue. Geek News! Nude! Nude! Nude News! <laughs> okay! Heck of a segue. Wow. This is what happens when we change the format. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> What, what comes we're next. so used yeah we're so used to just saying it how we say it okay well one thing that's not changing Shaw is the tradition of the co-host you getting first dibs on which story to talk about in geek news this week so tell us what's been going on in geek news okay all right so we got a lot of things to talk about um this first article this is something we don't normally talk about so usually we'll talk about movies we'll talk about tv shows video game news all that stuff we rarely talk about book news but i (laughs) who reads i i I know i do i do i read oh you nerd (laughs) you nerd (laughs) I'm a geek. Thank you very much. And don't make if me tell you the difference. Comic books, <laughs> and I don't care. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, no, but this particular book uh, was spawned a movie uh, a few years back that I know a lot of people saw. And the book oh, I'm referring eyes to wide is shut. Eyes yes. Wide Shut. Yeah, Eyes Wide Shut. That's right. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick uh, at his creepiest. Um, no, the book I'm talking about is Ready Player One. Uh, now for those that didn't read the, uh, book, you didn't miss out on much because the movie pretty much takes like half of the book and throws it into the trash can and then decides to go way too Spielberg with it, but it's still fun. Um, but anyways, the author of this book, Ready Player One, Ernest Klein, he's got one other book on the market called Armada. I have read it, sort of it. Well, not all of it. So I've read the first like few chapters. It just, it wasn't doing anything for me. I couldn't see it through, but I loved Ready Player One. So when I heard that he was going to be making a sequel to Ready Player One called, I know, this this uh, this is a pretty big surprise, a big shocker, Ready Player Two, uh, we, I was really excited, right? I was excited about what could be the plot of this movie. Well, if you don't know, uh, then you're about to find out because... Um, this book synopsis was provided by Ernest Klein today at New York Comic Con. So he was doing a panel 
and uh, he let us know that what we're about to get our hands-on as far as his next book, the sequel to his award-winning and world-renowned and super-duper popular book, Ready Player One. Ready Player Two, uh, spoiler alert, sounds a lot like Ready Player One. Now, uh, first question before I read the synopsis, Wonder Rob, did you see Ready Player One? Oh, did I see Ready Player One? Of course I saw Ready Player One. Uh, way back when, Shaf, way back before I was the official co-host of Geek, so to speak, if I recall correctly, one of the first episodes of Geek, so to speak, uh, maybe within the first 10 episodes of Geek, so to speak, there's a an, uh, an episode either dedicated to or just partially or little or anything in between where you're talking about Ready Player One. Uh, I'm going to guess episode five. That may or may not be right. But I'm not going to look it up. That's your job, listeners. Well, anyway, uh, you talking about the book was close to when the movie was coming out. Uh, so I, of course, listened to the review because we're best friends. And it got me hyped up on it. So, yeah, when it came out, I saw it. I saw it. Uh, I haven't read the book, despite my mom... Uh, I don't want to say weirdly enough because my mom is an avid reader. That gene did not pass on to me, but she she got into Ready Player One real deep, and she even loaned me her copy of Ready Player One. It's sitting on my shelf behind me as decoration because <laughs> you don't read. Because uh, <laughs> I don't read. Uh, but yeah, I'm, that's neither here nor there. I guess I guess I'm getting off on a tangent. But yes, I did see the movie. Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially. The Shining section, uh, which my understanding is not in the book. Uh, correct. Was that it right? It is not in the book. Yeah. Well, sometimes movies are better than books. What can I say? Yeah, the book goes a totally different way with most of those Easter egg hunt challenges. Um, I actually think from a visual standpoint, they would not have been as entertaining. So it makes perfect sense why they replaced them. But um, for our listeners... Uh, we recorded this episode or actually rather it debuted on my birthday episode 20 ready player fun is what we called it. Oh man, I was way off. And, uh, actually by this point, <laughs> yeah, I was on that point, episode. You and I were co-hosts with the most. So I could have sworn you did a book, a book oh, review before that, that. might've been the case, but this is all right, well, now we got to look. Now, I said I wasn't going to look, but now I'm looking. I'm scrolling way back to the very beginning. Yo, you're uh, right, you're right. See. Episode six, I did a review, uh, and a book review and movie trailer analysis of Ready Player One, but I don't think that you were in that. Get ready. No. That was uh, uh, the the briefly uh, short, short-lived Briefly and short-lived segments of yeah. Slurred Nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that our, the show's evolved quite a lot since then, everybody. <laughs> Although that would be a very fun <laughs> podcast uh, to, to just do in general, like separate from Geek, so to speak, Slurred Nerds, just getting totally sloshed and then reviewing something. Like, that sounds fun. Maybe uh, for episode 200. We'll revive slur slurred nerds <laughs> for geeks, so to speak. There We're we committing go. to it now. Only 75 there, more yeah, episodes to okay. go. So uh, for our listeners who who have like stayed with us while we've gone 
severely off topic. Um, Ready Player Two. I wanted to let you know that this uh, synopsis, I'm going to read it for you because that's what I like to do, but we're going to find some parallels here. So days after winning Oasis founder James Halliday's contest, Wade Watts makes a discovery that changes everything. Hidden within Halliday's vaults, waiting for his heir to find, lies a technological advancement that will once again change the world and make the Oasis a thousand times more wondrous and addictive than even Wade dreamed possible. With it comes a new riddle and a new quest, a last Easter egg from Halliday, hinting at a mysterious prize. And an unexpected, impossibly powerful, and dangerous new rival awaits. One who'll kill millions to get what he wants. Wade's life and the future of the Oasis are again at stake, but this time the fate of humanity also hangs in the balance. Lovingly nostalgic and wildly original... <laughs> As only Ernest Klein could conceive it, Ready Player Two takes us on another imaginative, fun, action-packed adventure through his beloved virtual universe and jolts us thrillingly into the future once again. Wow. So, for those that don't know the plot of Ready Player One, basically there's a contest set up by James Halliday, who is the Oasis founder, and it's a series of Easter egg hunts to find various keys and the winner gets to control the oasis and the oasis is used by hundreds of thousands of people and there's a villain who wants control of the oasis and he's willing to kill millions of people to get what he wants the fate of humanity hangs in the balance of this story and um basically it's the same plot so Ready Player Two is Ready Player One point two <laughs> or one point one. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> I'll still read it because I loved the first book. But I have to tell you, when I read the synopsis, I think the first thing I said was, Well, uh sounds pretty derivative. So um whatever, I guess. <laughs> well, aren't the best sequels derivative? I, I defy you to name a movie sequel that isn't derivative. Name one. Any movie sequel. To any movie. Empire Strikes Back. So derivative. <laughs> They're still in space. <laughs> Next. Next. Give me another one. All right. Um, Give me another one. Adam's Family Values. <laughs> derivative. The hand still walks around with nobody. Not nobody, but no nobody. body. Next. Give me one more. I'm um, so good at this game. Land Before Time 7. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, that's the one where uh, the, the 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 goddamn long-necked dinosaurs uh, that's, eat leaves. Yeah, that's where Littlefoot <laughs> grows a pair of testes. Mm. They drop. His dino, his okay, dino nuts drop, and he gets a lower voice, and that's right on the same exact day that the asteroid comes down and kills everyone. That's the wall, yeah, where little fuck, uh, little fuck. 
Join us. Oh my God. Join us on the adventure of a lifetime when little fuck gets a pair of balls and then dies. Never mind. Okay, that's the only one. I'm going to end this bit there. That's the only one that's not derivative. <laughs> so <laughs> there Rob, we go. Rob, tell, me, tell me a, uh, a geek news story that's not derivative to this geek news story I just told oh, okay. you. Okay, my, my man wants to know... Uh, Okay, well, I don't know if I have anything good as Ready Player Two, but you know what? Let's uh, let's switch it to movies. This is something we don't talk about a whole lot. Shop the uh, the the daily in and out operations of movie theaters. Shop, but I am gonna briefly touch on this because, as you know, movies aren't a thing anymore. <laughs> uh, I, for one, can barely remember what it's like to go to a movie. In a movie theater, I had to. I might have mentioned this last week, but I had to think long and hard about the last movie I saw in a theater. And sadly, the last movie I saw in a movie theater in the year of our Lord 2020 was Sonic the Hedgehog. That's the last one I saw Just too. Let that I, sink in. I went back into my wallet and my uh, uh, Fandango account because I would always buy uh, tickets on Fandango, and. Sonic is the last ticket I have. So I'm like right there with you. Like we, the last time we were at the theater was seeing the same movie, reviewing the same movie. Well, yeah. And then again, around here, uh, I don't have any movie theaters nearby that are, that are open. Uh, none of this Alamo draft house stuff that our, uh, corrections department loves, but I digress. That's not, that's neither here nor there. So the, the reason why I'm getting into this story is because movies are a thing of the past, in the in the old times, the before times. It's been so long since a new movie's come out that movie theaters are starting to feel the crunch. Uh, we had a movie that was planned to be coming out, that was planned to save the movie industry. This was going to be the savior of Hollywood and was going to be the, the revival of the movie theater industry. But no, uh, James Bond, 007, colon, no time to die, Shaf. Uh, turns out, there's tons of time, <laughs> an abundance of time to die because <laughs> this movie got pushed back to the year 2020 dose. And now uh, there's no big blockbuster movie getting ready to come out in the movie theater. So Regal Cinemas, Shaw, uh, has announced that they are uh, shuttering their operations until next year sometime. So I hope you weren't planning on seeing anything in O'Regal. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because the theater that I would go to shop was O'Regal. <laughs> I liked that theater a lot, Shop. But it just wasn't meant to be. And in case you didn't know, listeners and Shop, Regal is the second largest theater chain in the United States behind AMC Theaters. And, of course, it's unclear when the company plans to reopen these locations, but they're going to lose or at least impact 5,500 employees in the United Kingdom and upwards of 28,000 employees in the United States. Wow. Uh, according to, um, I'm going to call him Mr. Regal. I like to think that the owner of Regal Theaters is named Regal uh, Stevenson. Regal Stevenson, <laughs> and he walks around with a crown and um, a scepter, and one of those big fluffy capes that uh, the royals wear. Uh, he said, and I quote, 
We have found out vital information about our jobs from the media throughout the pandemic. Workers have been left out of discussions that should have included our voices. However, in this case, it goes beyond belief. To find you may no longer have a job from the media is awful. Now, to really get the impression of Mr. Regal Stevenson saying that, you also have to imagine him eating caviar uh, from a spoon on his solid gold toilet. Where do you get the sense that he's the one who said this? Because <laughs> I've, I've committed to this bit. <laughs> It's too late. Okay, it was Sin World Action Group on October 3rd, 2020. But I like to think that that is actually an extension of him. Like he's sitting there dictating it to, uh, to, his, uh, okay. to his court jester. To his court jester. Uh, Shaf, you ruined the illusion. Take my dictation. <laughs> Take my dictation right now. If we don't have any more movies until we're fully vaccinated as a world, a lot of the theater companies are going to be gone, and the theaters themselves won't be there. Tell me what so to your do, Charles. So to play your movies. <laughs> Tell me what to do. I'm having a hard time walking up the stairs, Charles. Uh, that was a real deep cut. Uh... So your infrastructure to play your movies and get grocers will not be the same. This idea of waiting out the pandemic to make your movies more profitable doesn't make sense to me. There won't be as much of an industry left to play your movies in if you do that. Are you boss Nass now? What, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did go Misa, into a boss Nass. Misa we so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta liven it up. I mean, this is a stuffy, uh, a figurehead of a of a major corporation here. Sure, you know, yeah. He probably sucks. <laughs> they think they so, so I'm just giving him a little life. So yeah, so don't don't plan on going to see a Regal uh, movie anytime soon, and probably don't plan on going to see a movie anytime soon. Uh, which leads into our next story, and I'm going to hand that off to Shaw. Yeah, do not plan on seeing a movie, uh, a good movie, anytime soon. Um, <laughs> uh, you want to go see New Mutants, go for it. But if you want to wait and see like good movies, you're going to have to wait even longer because some of the big tentpole films just keep getting delayed. Just keep on getting delayed. So uh, Dune has left its Christmas time slot, and uh, now it's moving into October of 2021. You've got uh, The Batman, which was teased to be released in 2021. And now it's being moved to March of 2022. That was a lie. Not what you just said. What they said. That's right. So angry. Yeah. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Good old Shazam sequel. Now that's headed to 2023. Good Lord. <laughs> now, here, I have a question. I have a question because, you know, I, I, uh, I, Asher Angel, I know this guy. I've worked with him before on stage. He plays Ninja. Billy Batson in Shazam. This guy continues to grow. Like, he is a young man and he continues to age up. So are, have they already filmed this movie? Because if they haven't, they need to get on it. Because otherwise, how are they going to explain the sheer amount of growth he's had as a, as a person when he was 
far younger kid in Shazam versus he's going to be like looking 20 years older by the time Fury of the Gods comes out. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, like, he's going to be in high school going, Hey, Miss Johnson, <laughs> I'm here for social studies. <laughs> Don't bully me. Don't make me say the word. Right. It's it's gonna be like I'll Lost with the, the with the guy who kid who plays Walt. Walt. They had to like basically shelve Walt because he got too old, too fast. He aged too quickly. So um, <laughs> you know, so I don't know what they're gonna do with that. But uh, you know, Black Adam is had doesn't even have a release date. It's 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 dateless. <laughs> 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 You're telling me there's no date on the books where I'm going to get to learn about Hawkman? <laughs> we will not know about Hawkman's powers <laughs> for quite some time. <laughs> and his magic maze. <laughs> Shout out to, was that last week's episode? <laughs> I think it was last week's oh episode. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, Matrix. Right, hold on. A good buddy of mine. Hold on. I want to s- stop this real fast. A good buddy of mine uh, who is also happens to be Shoff's mortal enemy. I was going to say, is this uh, Vactor we're talking about here? We're talking about Vactor. We're going to have a Vactor segment. And again, I know this is awfully personal. The the wide audience of geeks, so to speak, may not be able to relate to this. But my good buddy, Vactor, uh, who uh, listens to the show. He is a loyal listener, of course. Uh, he was texting me furiously as he was listening to the Hawkman segment because uh, he is a self-proclaimed Hawkman fiend. Uh, Hawkman is his favorite character uh, after Spider-Man and Batman. Wow. Uh, and this he, just he said he's my arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And he was getting so upset that we that I didn't know anything about Hawkman <laughs> and, and that I was questioning his powers. Um, anyway, end of story. I know that was super productive uh, and entertaining, uh, at least for him. I'm sure he'll enjoy the shout out. Um but yeah, I can't. man, d- movies. Yeah, movies. Everybody. Well, there's more. There's more. Wonder Rob. So, uh, the Matrix Four. That's been okay. So this is an unexpected twist, right? This is an M Night Shyamalan ding dong twist. Instead of pushing back a movie, the Matrix got pushed up. It was moved up to December twenty second of twenty twenty one. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, Thank goodness. And, and, and the Flash uh, was supposed to be the kickoff to the DC multiverse. That's also being shuffled. And now it was moved back eight months to June 3rd, 2022. Uh, But that's probably for the best because they do need to wait until Ezra Miller is out of jail. So, um, (laughs) so that's probably pretty good. Or they need to wait for his career to resurrect. (laughs) Good call. Michael Keaton is also uh, like 90 years old. He's high risk. <laughs> He's high risk. He is oh, high risk. Man. So, yeah. So basically 2020 shot. Uh, the rest of 2020 is totally shot. 2021, most of the year shot. Uh, we should all just go into hibernation, really. Because. Um, uh, okay. Let's do it. Be for the best. We'll see you in 2022, everybody. <laughs> uh, but run those credits. Real quick, I do want to say this. Uh, you know, shout out to my mortal enemy, Vactor. Um, Vactor. <laughs> oh man, he's coming back. If you're listening to this, oh he is. Wonder Rob is mine. 
no. He's my best friend. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've never met Vactor. Uh, and honestly, I feel like he and I would hit it off if we actually met and were friends. Um, we like to, we like to create this, this conflict, but we can share one to Rob. He, there's, oh man, I, I, I don't My want... first three way <laughs> friendship. I mean, yeah, friendship through friend. what other way is there than a friendship fun way three way. So, <laughs> That's the golden rule. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so all those movies, Batman, Shazam, The Flash, The Matrix, all have been moved around again. I think that from now on, they should just stop providing release dates uh, and then just like surprise drop the movie because no one expects these release dates to exist anymore anyways. So really, it should just be like one day just they're like, oh, hey, by the way, all the movies you wanted to see, they're all available now. For real. I feel like this is the thing. The the Hollywood Corporation, big Hollywood, is not used to dealing with this problem. If you think about video games, almost every time a, vi- a big video game is announced, let's talk Zelda Breath of the Wild, or Breath of the Wild 2, excuse me, Cyberpunk, uh, and, and then various others. Uh, the thing that happens is these developers like to tell you when it's coming out, and then just months before it comes out, they like to tell you, psych, it's, there's some bugs. We got to work out the bugs. You want a perfect game, right? <laughs> We're putting it out six months later. And then That's what they did happens. with Marvel's Avengers, right? Crystal Dy- Dynamics and um, um, what other idiotic uh, ga- video game developer did that? Oh, Square Enix. Yeah. They, Square they Enix. They took their time with that game, right? Right? They, they... they, sh- they certainly <laughs> did. They certainly did, and the the results prove it, Sean. Um, That's fair to say. But Hollywood isn't used to dealing with this game, so they'll straight up move back a movie a dozen times like it's nothing. Just hold on to it. Don't tell us when it's coming out until right before it's coming out. Like, Nintendo recently has been shadow-dropping games, game announcements, a month before they come out. In some cases, a week before they came out. Yeah. Which is awesome. It's been amazing. Keep it like that. Keep it like that. That's the practice everybody should be going with. Because you end up feeling um, like a kid at Christmas. Or Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Those are both holidays. Uh, or le- uh, Flag Day. Arbor Day. Or Festivus. Those are also holidays. Uh, now you're just being silly. A Festivus! For the rest of us. I had to back up from the microphone, otherwise I was going to blow everybody's ears out on that one. Uh, okay, so let's keep it in the corporation talk, Shaf. If if I know the audience of Geek, so to speak, they love corporation talk. And this week is no different. Our, uh, our favorite video game retailer, GameStop, and our favorite video game company, Microsoft have entered a multi-year deal partnership ahead of the Xbox Series X's launch. Uh, have you seen this? Have you seen this, Kev? <laughs> have you heard about this? So, let me tell you what's going on. I'm real eager to hear your opinion on this and if it's going to change your thoughts on getting an, uh, an Xbox shop. Because as everybody knows, you are staunchly against the Xbox Series X. Uh violently so actually i've seen you break stuff 
when we've had conversations about the Xbox Series X. So if you could not break your computer while I try to tell you about this. Um, GameStop and Microsoft entered a multi-year partnership. The deal enables the retailer to be provided a, quote, differentiated and personalized in-store customer experience centered around the more advanced tools uh, that Microsoft has, such as uh, Dynamics 365, Surface Notebooks, and Teams, whatever those are. The idea here is that this is going to make GameStop feel more like an Apple store or a Best Buy. Oh, thank God. The best stores. Uh, and I'd say that with full non-sarcasm. Uh, with store associates walking around with Surface devices in hand, gaining access to customer information through Microsoft cloud-based platforms. Shop. Now, that's not the only thing that's changing. This is what I really want to get your opinion on, Shaf. Okay. The collaboration comes as GameStop announced payment plans for Microsoft's upcoming next-gen consoles, the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S. Uh, the plans come in three different offerings, installment plans, layaway plans, or my personal favorite, rent-to-own, uh, and give customers oh plenty of time to pay the system off. Uh, and coincidentally, there are there are also payment plans for the PlayStation 5, if anybody was curious. In addition to the payment plans, GameStop and Microsoft teamed up for the Xbox All Access Program, a 24-month payment plan for both next-gen Xbox systems. That includes a, a membership to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and Xbox Live and costs $25 a month for the Series S and $35 a month. For the Series X, so for thirty, for a mere thirty-five bucks a month, Shaf, you could be the proud owner of an Xbox Series X along with your Xbox Live membership and your Xbox Game Pass. Pass. Is this what it's going to take to get you on Team Xbox? To get you on the Microsoft train? To get you on your knees in front of Bill Gates <laughs> and thank him? No. <laughs> oh, no? No, no. Unless oh, I didn't man. see anywhere in that article where it was telling me they were going to pay me to take a console <laughs> off their hands. Because that's the only way I'm going to get my hands on any of the Xbox uh, fridges. No siree, Bob. Have you ever met anybody? This is me talking to the audience. Have you ever met anybody so against Xbox? Just refusing. <laughs> <laughs> to to even acknowledge their existence. Yeah, I don't I don't play my Xbox. I've got one, but I don't play it because right now there's no games on it that I want to play. Although Game Pass isn't bad, Shaf. I did for a brief time do Game Pass on my Xbox before I decided to let it become a paperweight. And I don't think it's a bad idea, but I think once I got uh, my gaming PC all geared up and ready to go, I'll probably just subscribe to the Xbox Game Pass and play games on my PC, on <laughs> my little tiny PC, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and forego the console altogether. But, okay, all right, all right. Okay, well then let, let me ask you this. I know this isn't enough to get you on the Xbox team, but let's say, let's say you didn't have an overwhelming sense of hate for <laughs> Xbox. Um, and you were indifferent. Like, you didn't hate Xbox. You were just indifferent. You, this plan may not be for you, but what do you think of this plan? Do you think this is a, a good thing for GameStop 
to be partnering um, with Microsoft. So for micro, sorry, for GameStop, yes, because it, it will probably save them. And here's the reason why. Typically, and I, I'm not, I don't want to generalize. I certainly don't mean anything necessarily by this statement, but I'm going to stand by it. Typically, you don't see things like rent to own unless you're dealing with companies that really do cater to lower income families. Like think about like uh, Spencer's. Uh, that's a, mm-hmm. a an electronic store here in Arizona. I'm not sure if they have them elsewhere in, in the state, but or I'm sorry, in the country. Spencer's Gifts, where they have that section in the back where <laughs> you where got you'd where I find would try shop. Them. <laughs> where, yeah, exactly. I was thinking about when I was a kid, and I'd be like, "Mom, take me to Spencer's," but I would try to like sneak back there and get pulled by my ear out of the store. <laughs> <laughs> no Spencer. Mom, can I get this Spencer's. poster of a girl? No. <laughs> <laughs> you would you would basically finance any electronic thing like a fridge or a speaker system or a TV or whatever and you pay like low monthly fees, but if you really were to multiply what you were paying per month times how many months, you were paying way more than what the retail price of some of these things were. Plus these were not new things. These were not like straight off the the market. These were like older items. So you weren't even getting something like top of the line. Um, and here's my, my main gripe. Or my main concern is although it's going to do well for GameStop, it's also going to be a danger for those that are lower income because um, it's going to create the illusion that they can afford these really expensive consoles. When in reality, just because it's a lesser cost per month, it doesn't mean that it's it's still manageable. Like I think it's gonna that price tag is gonna make it look really enticing, but ultimately it's a financial um, quagmire, if you will. So, uh, <laughs> giggity giggity goo. Right. So I'm broke. Uh, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I I just think that it's kind of messed up. I think it's a I think it's a shady business practice, and it, I would expect nothing less from GameStop, uh, known to, to be a true asshole in the business. So, it's funny that you call it a shady business practice because I have no proof of this, but as far as my understanding goes, I believe Target and Best Buy are also offering similar plans to this already as a matter of fact i'm gonna put our corrections department on that look that up for us corrections department um so it's interesting that they're taking that road uh microsoft shares went up by over 40 percent when this or excuse me not microsoft gamestop shares went over up over 40 (laughs) percent no Uh, microsoft shares went down (laughs) yeah they're they're affordable now like you're working with gamestop tank it <laughs> like that little the the little uh the hook horn that people use in in grade school oh the slide oh, whistle one of those yeah. slide whistles that's i knew it had a name um <laughs> so more to come on this story uh but a good opportunity for some people out there to get xbox series x's uh so yeah good on you i guess i think gamestop i think maybe I don't really know. All right. What else is going on, Sean? All right. Well, um, I want to switch things over. We're kind of moving around. I just want to, you know, explore the space, you know, really explore the space. Wow. Guys, I got some news for you. 
and it's Geek, so to speak. It's your number one source. A buddy of Hawkman's. Of course, I'm talking about <laughs> Green Lantern. Wow. Uh-oh. So uh, anybody who's a big fan of Green Lantern, um, I know Ryan Reynolds is a huge fan of of Green Obviously. Lantern. I mean, it's probably one of his most favorite roles that he's ever played. Uh, it's probably one of his most famous roles he's ever played and probably one of the best movies he's ever done. I'm just saying. Um, but let's pause it for a <laughs> sec. Have you seen Green Lantern? Yes. I have not. I I think I own it. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's on your shelf? It's not on my shelf. It's in a box, but I think I own it. Oh man, are we going to have to do a geek movie torture? I think so. Uh Green Lantern. I think you I think we have to. Oh man. That's a really good Look out choice for upcoming for our upcoming Patreon, everybody. <laughs> a little hint. A little hint right there. Okay, move, moving on. So um, this is a, a show, a TV show that's been sort of in the works. They've been talking about it for quite some time. HBO Max is supposed to have a live action Green Lantern TV show. And uh, we got a little bit more information about some of the content and some of the featured characters for this TV show. So uh, it's going to be 10 episodes. First of all, we know that much. Uh, it's going to be on the HBO Max streaming service. And uh, it's co-written by... Seth Graham Smith and uh, Greg Berlanti. And it's going to tell the stories of Alan Mm -hmm. Scott, Kilowog, Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, and Simon Baz. Now, uh, let me actually just read a blurb from this synopsis. So it says, from HBO Max, DC, Berlanti Productions, and Warner Brothers Television comes a bold adaptation of the iconic comic book franchise, a saga spanning decades and galaxies. Green Lantern will depict the adventures of a multitude of lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, Alan Scott, Earth's first Green Lantern, who, true to the comics, is a gay man, and many more. Now, the series will also include fan favorites such as Sinestro and Kilowog, uh, and will introduce new heroes to the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. Now, interestingly enough, we don't see some names listed that are probably the more well-known Green Lanterns, like, for instance, Hal Jordan, which is the character Mm -hmm. that Ryan Reynolds played in the aforementioned Green Lantern movie. Jon Stewart is another Green Lantern, um, who may or may not be John Diggle in the Arrowverse. We'll find out more about that later. And then Kyle Rayner. So um, I have to say Green Lantern always intrigued me as a hero. I thought he has a re- really cool power set. I mean, granted, it's all based on this this ring, right? But like, mm-hmm. um, which to me is very like Captain Planet, Planeteers type thing. But mm-hmm. I always thought the possibilities, like that sort of construct of, whatever you sort of wished for the ring could manipulate and a giant fist would come out of your, your, your ring or something. I thought it was like visually a stunning concept and barring the movie being a total awful piece of shit. Um, visually it's, it's fun. Like visually it was a really Mm -hmm. cool movie. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they do live action wise for Green Lantern. So I'm looking forward to it. And I, I now do have access to to HBO Max. So I will certainly tune into this. What? Yeah. 
My boy's an HBO Max guy now. Might be borrowing it from my dad. <laughs> oh, we might have to watch Harley Quinn and talk about that show. Uh, heard that show's good. Okay, so I know about as much about Green Lantern as I knew about Hawkman. Actually, I think I know a little more about Green Lantern because I knew that Green Lantern was the ex-host of The Daily Show on Comedy Central. John Stewart. But sorry, I missed anyway. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I don't need your validation shot on my jokes. I, I know they're hilarious. Up, I was um, looking up Guy, Guy Gardner because I didn't know anything about him, but other than the fact that he's a gardener, <laughs> <laughs> and he's a guy. <laughs> It's a guy gardener. It's the guy in front of my house <laughs> every Saturday who comes over and maintains my place. Hey, wh- who is that guy out there? Oh, that that's a- that's the guy gardener. Why is he carrying? Oh, that's Miguel. Why is he carrying a red lantern? Because it's dark out. <laughs> Shout out to Miguel who uh, does our gardening. Great guy. Um, okay, so I know very little about Green Lantern, and I. Th- I don't know if you're an expert in Green Lantern, but I know you're, you've been a D, to DC Comics more than me. True. So I have two questions. Okay, go for it. Number one, I know that he's got the ring, he charges it up in the lantern, and he can manifest what he wants. So my question is, can he manifest a girl to be like his girlfriend? Uh, yes, and her name is Rosie Palms. <laughs> she sounds hot. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I, perfect. You know, I... Don't think that there's a limitation, so he probably could. Uh, she would glow with they some don't, green they don't show that in the energy. Um, I told you not to, not to just walk in on me when I'm wearing the ring, Mom. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, and uh, moving on. Uh, number two, I know that the Green Lantern's weakness is the color yellow. So my question to you is, could I throw a banana at a ripe banana, but not too ripe where it's all brown? Could I throw a ripe banana at Green Lantern and take him out? Or uh, a pencil, like a number two pencil, a yellow one, though. Or a bottle of lemonade, or just pour the lemonade on him. Or yellow crayons. Or like those yellow slow signs that they put in the street or the yellow slow signs they put in the grocery store when the floor's wet. Uh, Could I throw any of those things at him and beat him? (laughs) Um, I don't think the yellow thing is is what you think. Is that not true? (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) Because... I feel like I could beat Green Lantern real easy in a fight. And again, for our listeners out there, listen, this is coming from a a Marvel zombie. I read Marvel Comics growing up. I didn't read DC. I have a passing knowledge of DC Comics, but not as much as I do Marvel. Um, Uh, So if your name is Vactor and you're listening to this, or any other listener and you're getting ready to break your phone, I apologize. This is a (laughs) genuine... Humor, humor my ignorance. Uh, you know what? On this Wonder one. Rob, I did a little digging and I'm wrong. Okay. I'm very wrong. So, um, there is an article I just saw is on screen rant and it says even green lantern knew his original weakness was dumb. Um, and the article talks about his power ring, 
was capable of creating any construct the character could think of, including um, a hot chick, and it was rendered useless <laughs> yes. against the color yellow. Um, <laughs> and then they say, for the un- uninitiated, yes, you read that correctly, back in the day, technically anything from a sunflower to a banana was enough to potentially take Hal Jordan out. <laughs> I, so I was right. So, but I'm thinking that's back in the day rules. Uh, I guess apparently the explanation for this vulnerability is that every Green Lantern ring contains a yellow impurity, which is due mm. to the monstrous fear entity known as Parallax. And we saw Parallax in the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds, played by uh, that one dude who is usually creepy in just about every movie he does, Peter Sarsgaard. Oh, shoot, Sarsgaard. John... Oh, John Tesh. (laughs) John Tesh. Um, And Parallax is being held prisoner by the Guardians in the Core's giant central power battery. So that's why. So it was, that's kind of where the yellow part came from, I guess. But yeah, it's, I take it back. It's pretty dumb. (laughs) I knew it. I have tons of bananas. This guy is going down (laughs) if I ever see him in real life. All right. Okay, I'm going to move on. Do Let's it. talk about this one real quickly because uh, we we are running out of time. Or we try to keep the, the podcast episodes at a cool hour and 30 minutes, but a lot of times we don't do that. <laughs> so let's see if we can make that happen this week. Uh, there was a new trailer for Free Guy Shop, uh, Ryan Reynolds' uh, movie where he is a NPC in a Grand Theft Auto type game uh, who... who um, who gains consciousness and decides that he is no longer going to be the NPC that gets run over by a bus or hit by an airplane or blowed up uh, by a pipe bomb. Nene, he is going to be the hero. So we got a second trailer this week. Uh, I only just got a chance to watch it. So I'm going to tell you my fresh impressions. Uh, Number one, is this movie actually going to come out this year? (laughs) Maybe. Let's take that. Shaf, is this movie coming out this year? Um, I would not be surprised personally if this movie gets released to streaming. You think it's going to be one of these rare straight to streaming movies that isn't Soul or uh, the movie about the, the ogres and the dads? But here's the thing. Or, I think uh, it's going to do really well in the streaming. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to sell really well because Ryan Reynolds is a household name and loved and cherished by millions he is an american institution but i think he's canadian anyways um <laughs> forget it forget it but i think that i i predict that this movie will be released in 2020 in a streaming format and it's going to sell like hotcakes it's going to be bigger gonna be huge. than hula hoops <laughs> i love it um there's a point in this trailer where it reminded me of Ready Player One. Strangely enough, uh, let's call it coincidence. There's a, a, a portion in this trailer where uh, Ryan Reynolds' character runs into uh, a person playing this game. A girl, a woman, uh, a voluptuous woman. Um, and he takes it upon himself to try to make a connection with the person who is actually playing the game. And it would appear in the trailer that the lady is starting to get feelings for an NPC. 
Uh, am I following this correctly? Who Michelle? hasn't been down that road before? Let me tell you. Oh, man. If I had a dollar for every time I've uh, played a dating sim, well, <laughs> I'd be just as rich as I am now. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Uh, you ever played Leisure Suit Larry? No. Me neither. You ever played <laughs> Warcraft? Naked? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, you ever sir. taken a quest from uh, an NPC and then you you turn in that quest and she gives you the loot and then you uh, give her the loot right back? As a matter of fact, yes. <laughs> Me too. Wait, are we talking about the same thing? Yeah, I don't yeah, think we are. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what what were your impressions on this trailer, Chef? You know what? Okay, so let me just dial back the clock really quickly. When this the teaser trailer came out for this movie, I got to tell you, I was not impressed, and I was kind of like, this movie's stupid and very dumb, and um, I think it's going to suck. Fast forward now to when I watched it uh, in its entirety, which was just the other day, and I watched it again just before we started recording the podcast, and I said it right after I finished watching. I was like, well, that's a trailer that makes me really interested in this movie. This movie, uh, this trailer finally sort of answers some questions that really had me like uh, kind of second guessing this movie. So uh, one, the few things it answers is it tells us, first of all, why is he called Guy? That's just his name, right? Why is the movie called Free Guy? Because Free City is the name of the city that he's in. His name is Guy. So uh, and he's trying to free himself from the shackles of this video game uh, construct of being an NPC who's just there to be played with and run over and whatever the players want to do with him. Um, he's breaking free from his 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 uh, what do they call it? His cycle, his his virtual shackles. Yeah, what is will. what does Westworld call it? Your loop, your loop, right? Um, so, uh, so I love that. We also get to find out a little bit more about like if he's you know conscious. This w girl he meets in the first trailer, we had no idea that that was a person operating that that character. Now we know there is a person in the out, in the outside world who's controlling this character. We we know a little bit more about the circumstances. He's become kind of like a a fascination to the world because he's developing this sentience in inside the game. We understand more about Taika Watiti's role as the video game developer who's upset that he's screwing with the game. We uh uh it, honestly it all is leading me down the road of this movie is going to be fucking awesome. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I think the big villain of the movie is going to be like, and they're updating the game. <laughs> and it's like, no, don't update the game. I'm not a bug. I'm real. I mean, it, it looks they're like the kind of, <laughs> it looks like the kind of movie that would be a lot of fun to see in the theater uh, with all like the violence and explosions and, and just kind of like the really exaggerated, uh, activities that are happening, but I think it's going to be a streaming movie. Well, fingers crossed that we actually get a new movie this year. Uh, and the geeks, so to speak, loyal listeners can count on. We will review this movie when it comes out. Okay. Shop. There's a big piece of news this week before we get into our fan favorite segment, buzzworthy or buttworthy. 
why don't you hit these people with the big news this week? All right. Well, if our intro didn't uh, spoil or tease what we were going to be talking about, and that's that one of the biggest bit of news uh, this week just came out yesterday, and it's all about Spider-Man 3. We've been hearing a lot of various things about Spider-Man 3. Um, from Jamie Foxx teasing that his Electro is going to be back. Uh, we've been learning more and more about um, uh, just the nature of what the MCU is going to look like in the future with the various Phase 4 or 5, things like that. Now we know that Spidey's getting another mentor. But this time around, it's going to be none other than Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbutt uh, is <laughs> is joining the cast of Spider-Man 3. Uh, so he is the third in a long line of mentors. We had uh, Tony Stark. We had Nick Fury, but sort of. <laughs> that was a scroll <laughs> Spoiler. Was a spoilers. And, uh, and now we've got uh, Doctor Strange. So, um, you know, a lot of people are thinking if Doctor Strange is involved and we've got the potential for Electro... This is leading down a very specific path, and that path is multiverse, or could we say Spider-Verse? And Ooh. holy shit. What what? Oh my god. Like Wonder Rob. What? What? <laughs> Can, <laughs> I mean, you can't just like I I don't know. Like you can't just like drop that kind of bomb on us, right? Like Spider-Verse, a live action Spider-Verse movie. Do you think it's possible? Well, I would like to think it's possible. We touched on this a little last week when uh, the big story was that Jamie Foxx was bringing back Electro. Uh, So we speculated a little bit, but of course we know the theme of phase four is going to be multiverse uh, WandaVision is going to be heavy in multiverse or alternate universes based on uh, Wanda going crazy. Doctor Strange's movie is called The Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I firmly believe that we are going to see some multiverse shenanigans in the end credits or something similar when Black Widow comes out. Uh, so I feel like this leading into the multiverse makes sense. And the people want... A live action Spider Verse. I mean, it's it's fair to say that you, me, Kevin, who's listening to this, Steve, who's listening to this, Billy, who's listening to this, and Sandra, who's listening to this, and the rest of them who's listening to this, all want a live action Spider Verse. The easy billion dollar gross, easy. But then I was thinking about it, and I was like. I think I know I told you this yesterday actually. I, I came up with another theory about Spider-Man 3. So I'm going to go ahead and put this on the record just in case I'm right. If and this is a big if, we do not get a, a live action Spider-Verse, which is to, just again setting the record straight. This is what I would prefer to see. I want to see a live action Spider-Verse, but if we don't get it, I have a feeling like <clears throat> they are bringing in Doctor Strange at the end End of Spider-Man Far From Home. Spoilers, just in case you haven't seen it. Spider-Man has his identity revealed to the world as Peter Parker. Um, and the last time, the last major time that happened in the comics, at least for me, was in Civil War, where Spider-Man uh, revealed his identity to everybody with Tony Stark. And in the comics, Spider-Man was known as Peter Parker. His identity was revealed for about a year before they retconned it 
with the one more day story where essentially Spider-Man makes a deal with the devil to have the whole world forget his name, but the monkey paw version of the wish is that also his marriage, his life is, is gone and he's a, a single man again. Um, so I feel like potentially they might go that route with this. Uh, and Doctor Strange makes everybody forget that Peter Parker is Peter Parker. I mean, not that Peter Parker is Peter Parker, but Peter Parker's Spider-Man. If they did that, Shop, instead of Spider-Verse, how would you feel? Oh, I, I would think that would be a complete letdown because it would remove the stakes that were created by the last movie. I think you have to take those stakes and bring them somewhere else. I, I think the whole point is to, that's now the new challenge. Like, how can Peter Parker and Spider-Man exist if the world knows that he has that he's, you know, the one behind the mask. Um, what -hmm. will his life look like? What will his, uh, how will he be able to protect his friends, his family? Um, here's what I think. I'm going to put this out there because, you know, if we got Electro, we've got the potential for Michael Keaton back as Vulture. We've got the potential for, um, you know, we didn't really see Mysterio die per se. Maybe Mysterio is still alive. I would love to see him back. Um, there's been talk about Craven. There's been talk about other, you know, Sony Spider-Man properties somehow making their way into it. Um, also, you got Shocker in there technically, and you also have the Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion, Tinkerer. Uh, there's a lot and of characters. Um, but in addition to that, <clears throat> you've got Ned Leeds, who is his best friend. But in the comics, Ned Leeds becomes Hobgoblin. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Hobgoblin is Ned Leeds. So what if this was a way for them to, if they're going to do Spider-Verse, here's the thing. If they do Spider-Verse, I don't think they're going to do it traditionally because the the main villain of Spider-Verse is uh, like a vampire dude named Morlin who basically goes and tracks down all the various Spider-Men and women and sort of like sucks their Hawks essence them. out, oh. mm-hmm. killing them in every possible universe. Like that's his goal. That's kind of dumb. <laughs> that sounds an awful lot like what I saw in Crisis on Infinite Earths <laughs> with Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah, very similar. So dumb, dumb idea. So here, what about this instead? What if the multiverse made it possible for? alternate versions or various versions to form a sinister six across the multiverse. And that's how we get characters that we haven't seen yet. That might be part of the multiverse. Like, uh, I'm sorry, part of the sinister six, like doc Ock, who we've seen in Spider-Man two, um, like venom, like venom. Exactly. Um, or like an alternate version of Ned Leeds, who is hobgoblin. Like there, I think it would be really cool, uh, if they're going to go down that road, not only can you do, you do Spider-Verse where you introduce other Spider-Men, perhaps Tobey Maguire, uh, Andrew Garfield, maybe even a live action Miles Morales, but you also incorporate the villains and you create a Sinister Six through that multiverse. I think that would be a pretty epic movie. Well, time will tell. Time will tell. Supposedly this movie is going to start filming in a, in a couple of weeks. So I'm sure if we're going to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in this I would like to think that they're keeping that a secret, but 
also secrets cannot be kept <laughs> in these types of movies. So I think we'll find out pretty fast if this is going to be the case or not. That's true. <sighs> but it definitely was boner worthy. It was a boner worthy uh, theory. And I will commit to that uh, label. All right. Real quick, before we take a break and move on to our video game talk shop, I am resurrecting a fan favorite segment called Buzzworthy or Buttworthy. This is how it works, you guys, just in case you don't remember. I'm going to spit some rumors at my boy Shaf. Essentially, anything that's considered a rumor, something that has not been confirmed, something that you might see the likes of We Got This Covered reporting, but... <laughs> You know, being reported elsewhere too. We don't, we don't talk about it. we got this covered. Of, I it was a mistake even bringing them up. But anyway, if I, if we've got a juicy rumor that has not been confirmed, we're throwing it into the buzzworthy or buttworthy category. So I'm gonna hit you with a couple of rumors, Shaf, and you're gonna tell me are these buttworthy or buzzworthy? Sounds Here we good. go. The first big rumor that was first reported. Or at least I first saw it from We Got This Covered. Okay, fine. We're, we're talking about him again. But then I've seen a couple other news outlets talk about it, but I have yet to see any sort of confirmation on this, is that there is a rumor that Marvel Studios wants to make Ryan Reynolds the highest paid MCU star ever. The scoop comes from somebody named Daniel Richmond, who says Kevin Feige and Disney are hoping to lock down a massive deal for Ryan Reynolds. Not only is this deal said to result in the most money for an actor, but there's reason to believe that such a massive contract will include several appearances by Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. So essentially, the rumor, the long and short of it, is that they're going all in on Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool uh, for a massive multi-movie contract. Buzzworthy or buttworthy, Shaf? Um, I I think that it it is buzzworthy, but also buttworthy. Because I don't think he's going to be the highest paid MCU star ever because it's probably going to be difficult to top Robert Downey Jr.'s paycheck. Well, funny you say that, Shaf. I do have some numbers here in regards to uh, people being paid. And would you believe the highest paid... MCU actor, the highest earner in the MCU was Chris Hemsworth. Really? Uh, at coming in at a cool seventy six point four million for his time in the MCU, uh, followed by Robert Downey Jr. sixty six million, Bradley Cooper fifty seven million, Scarlett Johansson fifty six million, Chris Evans at forty three point five million, and Paul Rudd at forty one million. Wow, man! Bradley Cooper had it easy. All he had to do was sit in a booth. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> that was my that was my off the cuff rocket. That was really impression. good, and I think it wasn't that bad. No, yeah. If you're gonna pick really. something to say, I think that you nailed it. That was a good choice. Was a really good choice. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I mean. I guess it, it could happen. I mean, Deadpool is the kind of character who should have just a bunch of cameos, right? Like, he doesn't have to be, like, the main feature of anything. But if he's going to be the one, like, breaking the fourth wall and talking to the camera, talking to the audience, and just showing up everywhere and maybe, like, causing causing just general trouble for all the main cast, like, then they'd have to have him in a bunch of different movies, which would mean that that's a lot of cameos, which is probably a lot of money. So I guess it's I'm going to go with Buzzworthy on that one. 
Yeah. I guess if they, again, this is a big if because nothing's been confirmed, but if they started replacing like Stan Lee cameos with Deadpool cameos in every movie, then I can see it. They're like, they're, they're putting them in every movie. They're really banking on the Deadpool popularity. Uh, so we'll see. I'm calling it buttworthy personally, but only time will tell. Okay, next buzzworthy or buttworthy. Uh, did Natalie Portman just spill a big Thor Love and Thunder secret? Uh, the actress may have just given us a big clue as well as possibly confirming a long-held rumor regarding the sequel story. Uh, quote, I can't tell you that much. I'm really excited. I'm starting to train to get muscles. Ooh. Uh, I added the ooh. She didn't say that. Ooh. Uh, she went on to continue. If there can be all these female superheroes, more of them... The more of them they are, the better it is. I'm trying to think. It's based on the graphic novel, The Mighty Thor. She's going through cancer treatment and is a superhero on the side. So, is this buzzworthy or buttworthy in the fact that she's spoiling a major plot point of Thor, Love and Thunder? Or she's just referring to The Mighty Thor storyline? Buzzworthy or buttworthy? Uh, I'm going to go with buzzworthy but i'm surprised that marvel let her say that honestly exactly and so i haven't seen or at least as of now i haven't seen a confirmation that this is the case of the story but if they're or if they're simply just adapting the mighty thor and she was referring to just the storyline of that particular run so until i see more i think i have the gall to call it buttworthy. Personally, I'm calling it buttworthy. Wow. Boom. Buttworthy. All right. And uh, well, I got news for you, Shaf. That was a short, a short edition of Buzzworthy or Buttworthy. We'll bring the segment back as more uh, off-the-wall rumors of our favorite MCU movies continue to surface. But I thought figured I'd give you a little taste. It's been a little while since we did Buzzworthy or Buttworthy. So let's do this, everybody. We're gonna take a real quick break. We're going to tell you where you can find us on social media. And when we come back, we're going to get into the video game rundown. We're going to talk about Super Mario 35, which just recently came out, among other pot, pot. I was going to say hot and popular, but it came out as pot. I thought you were going to say hot pockets. <laughs> hot. That doesn't sound bad. We're going to talk about hot Super Mario pocket. 35. We're going to talk about various hot pockets. Go ahead and insert... Uh, Jim Gaffigan saying hot pocket, pocket right here. Hot pocket. All right, so let's take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, gang, it's Wonder Rob again. And Shaf's here too. We just wanted to take a quick break to let you know where you can find us on social media. That's right. Catch us on Twitter at Geek So To Speak PC, where I'll be tweeting and retweeting all of the latest geek news. Also, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Geek So To Speak Podcast, where yours truly will be serving up those deliciously geeky posts, not to mention memes, trailers, articles, videos, and much, much more. While, of course, Shock celebrates his inner geek on Instagram with all kinds of geekgasm, oh, inducing pics and memes. <laughs> if you're enjoying what you're hearing, let us know. Find us and follow us, rate us and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. We got new episodes every week, so don't forget to tune in. Same geek time, same geek channel. And we're back. 
That's right. We are back. We're talking video game roundup. We, over the past week, have played a significant amount of video games. Some demos, some full games, some free games, um, but we have played a bunch, and we're going to talk about it. The first thing we're going to talk about on this episode uh, for video games is Super Mario 35. This uh, came out just the other day on Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. and if you happen to have a Nintendo Switch online membership, it is free to you to play. You cannot play this game without an online membership, so don't even try. Don't even fucking try. (laughs) Um, But if you do have the membership, definitely give it a shot because it is a fun and refreshed way to play Super Mario Brothers, the good old NES Super Mario Brothers. Now, I think Wonder Rob played this game first before I played it, uh, but Mm -hmm. we definitely got some time in this past week. So Wonder Rob, what are your thoughts on this one? Super Mario 35, I'm enjoying it. Uh, for for the, the listeners out there who maybe don't know the concept, essentially um, they are turning Mario Brothers, the original Super Mario Brothers on NES, the classic game, into an online competitive game. So essentially, here's the premise. You're playing through Mario Brothers against 35 other players. So you start at World 1-1, you move on to World 1-2, 1-3... Maybe you hit the warp pipes. But either way, everybody's playing a new game of Super Mario Brothers together. And the premise here is you want to be the last man standing. Well, how do you be the last man standing at Super Mario Brothers without short of falling down a hole or something along those lines? Well, it's very interesting, Shaf. If I'm playing Super Mario Brothers, let's say I'm playing World 1-1, and you're also playing World 1-1, and I stomp on a Goomba. That Goomba gets sent to your game, Shaf. And if you step on a Koopa Troopa or a Koopa Paratroopa, that Koopa Paratroopa gets sent to my level and so on. So there's 35. There's the screen. It's, it's so complicated looking, but it's really not. There's <laughs> your screen of Super Mario Brothers, and then there's 35 other players on the screen in just little blocks, and you can essentially see what everybody's doing at once. Don't concentrate on what they're doing, though. Otherwise, you will die. Um, and you can choose which screen, which player you're sending your bad guys to. And the the more people die and get dropped off in this game, the, the enemies... Uh, the, the the number of enemies essentially stays the same and before you know it there's only 10 people playing there's only five people playing and there are a hundred enemies being tossed back, back and forth between these games and it becomes a total to use shop's word clusterfuck <laughs> of enemies until the last mario is standing that's the best I can describe. No, that's it. good. Now, um, to kind of compliment what Wonder Rob's saying, you, you can choose a, a specific screen to send your enemies to, or mm-hmm. you can have it set up with using your right analog stick uh, to either send them to whoever in that group of 35 has the lowest amount of time left on the level mm-hmm. um, or the most amount of attackers on their screen or it can be random, or it can be the person with the most coins. So yep. um, you have choices, you have choices. essentially, and who honestly, you're going to try to mess up. I, I know that you can kind of control who you send stuff to in terms of like actually picking a screen, but that is, I don't know how you would manage that and the level at the same time. So I always pick something. 
I usually pick the one. Yeah, because I pick the person with the most attackers because I want to just like flood their fucking screen with Goombas. Usually what I'll do is right before the round starts, because you have like a second before the game starts. I just I randomly select somebody and I say, you, you're the one getting boned on this one. (laughs) (laughs) And I just commit to the one person and I try to get as many bad guys off the screen because the game's running on a timer. You only have about 30 seconds on the clock. And so every time you kill an enemy, you get between one and two, three, maybe four seconds, depending on how easy or difficult killing that enemy was. Um, like, for example, I noticed if, I'm, if I've got a fire flower and I'm just shooting fireballs at people, I only gain one second on the clock. But if I'm small and I'm jumping on people, I'm getting between two and three seconds per enemy that I kill. Uh, and it also gives you an option. The more coins you get through the game, the more coins you earn, you can buy power-ups at the beginning of the level so I can start the game full, full-size full Mario with a Fire Flower if I choose, if I have enough. Which is the way to start it, by the way. That is the way to start it. Yeah. Also, uh, um, it's a lot easier. <laughs> also, there's a, a like a coin roulette uh, wheel, basically, that happens. So the goal within the levels is... You really want to spend the time killing enemies. Don't like miss out. Don't jump around them. Don't don't try to dodge them because you're just wasting time. You got to kill them. You got to kill them. And also don't avoid opportunities for coins because the coins really do translate into power ups. If you get collect 20 coins, then you can hit your I think it's the X button or whatever. But it lets you basically um, convert those coins into a random power up. And it can be sometimes be a pound block or I'm sorry, a pow block. Um, or a fire flower or a, a invincible star. Um, so there's any number of things and that can always help you out in a crunch, uh, when you're playing a level. So, um, I got to ask when Rob, what is the best you've done in super Mario 35? I got to number 10. Really? <laughs> I've got, I have not gotten past number 10 on any given time. Uh, and it really comes, I don't want to say that luck is really involved, but I, or in a big way, but sometimes it feels like it is. Um, because you feel like you've played Mario Brothers for forever, but the, when all of a sudden there's dozens of bad guys on the screen, and somebody kills King Koopa, and all of a sudden you run into a regular level and King Koopa shows up. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Um that happened to me once. <laughs> I was blown away. Um, but I'll tell you, when I first started playing, I wasn't really paying attention to where I was ranking. I was just more like, okay, let's play it. Like, I wasn't really paying attention to the competitive factor. And I think I might have actually done better when I wasn't paying attention. But, of course, I don't have any proof of that. But once I started really paying attention and getting into the mechanics of the game, the best I've been able to do is 10. I am proud to say I've done better than you in this game. Ooh. What's your record? Seven. I got to seven. Ooh. All right. All right. I'm a 10 and you're a seven. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's probably (laughs) better to be a 10. No. um, uh, (laughs) I was doing a little bit of research and apparently when you get to the top five, the music changes sort of like as if kind of like when you're running out of time on a Mario level, things get faster. Uh, the music gets like it gets it gets like more intense and like frenetic. And then when it's down to like a couple people, I don't know if you've spectated uh, when it's down to just like a couple people, but it is nuts, man. 
I remember. Um, yeah, it gets. It turns into a. I remember fun. Sarah and I were watching, uh, and they were this dude. <laughs> this dude kept killing Bowser, and it gets sent to the other person's level, and then that dude would kill Bowser, and he gets sent back. Like so, we kept flip flopping back and forth to each screen to see Bowser get like re added and re killed, re added, re killed. It was like who's gonna not get Bowser this time? It was. It was it was fun to watch. Yeah, because it's nuts. Because the the same amount of enemies just stays there. Yeah, <laughs> like the enemy count doesn't lower. <laughs> the lower the 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 amount of people are playing, so like it gets it gets crazy, it man. Um, and let me t- let's talk about the music for a second. The, that menu music in this game is uh, it's fire, as the kids would say. Bam 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 bam. I like that song. It was good. It was good. I, I was I was pleased I'm with just it. Just letting you know. So, um, yeah. So I mean, I would definitely recommend Super Mario Thirty Five. Yeah, it's fun. Now I'm pretty sure this is one of those games that has limited time accessibility. Yeah. I think this one, right. if if I'm not mistaken, by March of next year is going to be removed from the eShop. So. I would call you 95% correct. It is March, the end of March, 31st. Yeah. It is off the store. For some reason, um, maybe they're going to eliminate it altogether, like Flappy Bird. Remember Flappy Bird? Oh, yeah. Um, or maybe that's when they're going to not let it be free to play anymore. Who knows? Technically, it's um, not free to play. Technically, you pay a monthly, well, well, a monthly or yearly subscription Okay. Too free with your subscription. <laughs> uh, so I'll give you half a point on that one. Uh, but I would recommend it. I mean, if you already have the online service for Nintendo Switch, get it. I mean, it's fun to play for a little while. It's not something you're going to play for hours and hours. I probably played it like 20 minutes at a time. Yeah, no, the it's, few times it's a good little it. like... Um, but it's still fun. Yeah, it, it's fun to play in spurts. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, so uh, Schaff was playing a new game, uh, Transistor, <laughs> if I recall. Yes, Transistor. Uh, just give us your quick impressions. I know um, we're running short on time here, Okay, Schaff. yeah, no, that's, that's fine. It's, honestly, I've only, I probably only played like 10 to 15 minutes of this game, and I'll tell you why. I hated it. I fucking hated it. So what kind of game is Transistor? So it is an action turn, well, not even turn-based. It's an action RPG. It's sort of top-down but sort of on a diagonal, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, it's futuristic. It's sci-fi. Uh, you control a female character protagonist by the name of Red. She's a like a, a pretty uh, redheaded girl, and apparently she's a, a like a nightclub singer. But she's her voice has been taken away. That you kind of start in the middle of the action, so some of the story doesn't really make a whole lot of sense right away. Things just sort of unfold and things make more sense as you go, but I didn't make it far enough to probably make too much sense of it. But, um, your only weapon, um, and probably your only friend is, uh, a sword, a gigantic kind of, um, uh, final fantasy esque type sword. One of those like big giant wide blades, uh, and the sword actually talks to you and, um, helps you and teaches you new moves and whatnot. And there's the one cool element in the combat that's kind of fun. And it allows you to freeze time. You can basically plot your 
attack pattern. So where you want to run to, where you want to slash from, where do you want to go back and hide? And then you can action those moves and it sort of happens in a split second before the enemy has a chance to react. So you have like an opportunity to sort of get the upper hand and then you have to wait for that meter to refill before you can do the same thing again. So, um, that's why I say it's not turn-based. It's, it's definitely more fluid, more action oriented, but there's mm-hmm. ways to slow down the combat so you can think it through on what you want to do. That would be the, give you the most, I guess, damage per turn, if that makes sense. So, okay. um, so that element is kind of fun. I found it a little bit difficult to master and I certainly don't feel like I had it figured out. I felt like the, the system in which you upgraded your weapon was really complicated and a little bit obtuse in terms of like the nature of how that works. So I had a tough time getting into it. I felt like it wasn't immersive enough for me and that was rough, but the art was pretty. The music was pretty awesome. It was definitely very like futuristic, um, kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, cyber futuristic punk, uh, uh, affidavit, uh, Beverly, Simpson. What is the that wasn't a real description? Yelvis, Yelvis, Yelvis has what, what's like you know that what does the fox say? You know that that group. What is that yeah. called? What is that called? Oh, um, <laughs> techno dubstep. Dubstep. There's a lot dubstep. of dubstep. Yeah, there's a uh, various dubstep elements in it, and d- certainly some techno. Uh, it's very futuristic. So, if you into that kind of style game, it's from Super Giant Games. Um, they've made a few games. Uh, one of the big ones, why am I blinking? Uh, they made Bastion. Thank you, Bastion. That's what I was thinking of. That's probably the most well-known game of their, their bunch. It's also their first game. Uh, this was the follow-up. And then I think Wonder Rob actually played the follow-up to this game. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, I played a game called Hades this week, uh, which is also made by Supergiant Games. And at least based on your description and the few screenshots I've seen, it, it's a I want to say it's kind of similar yeah. uh, in terms of gameplay style uh, to Transistor. Um, but the key difference here is that I am enjoying this game <laughs> versus not enjoying the game. Um it's uh, the the technical definition of the uh, the the genre of game is called a roguelike uh, a roguelike game. Um, what does but that essentially mean? the premise is well, it's like you're a rogue. Like have you have you seen the X Men? Um, you're like her, except you're like her, but you're not rogue. You're roguelike. <laughs> well, but like for instance, it's, it's like a dungeon crawler, um, artificially generated dungeons i'm gonna look it up um even though i don't know if they're technically artificially generated but let me let me get into my point how what i mean by that so the the premise of this is you are playing as a character named zagreus the immortal son of hades the premise here is that you are in hades and you are making an attempt to uh or excuse me you are in tartarus excuse me uh the greek version of hell um and Hades, well, he's he's your dad, of course. Um, and you are making an attempt to escape Tartarus by any means necessary. So essentially, you get put into randomized rooms with randomized enemies. And you keep going and keep going until you die. 
which you will die. <laughs> I've died several times. And essentially, you get sent back to the front desk of Tartarus where Hades, your dad, is sitting there. And he's like, back again, huh? Thought you could escape, could you? <laughs> and he essentially just mocks you for not being able to make it. Um, and you try the gauntlet again, but the rooms are randomized. And for every room that you enter, so essentially, once you get past the first room, you get presented a series of doors with icons on it. So, like, I mean, they're going to attack this room, which has stat bonuses, or the stat bonus icon. Or I'm going to attempt this room that has coins. And whichever room I choose and whichever room I can clear out, okay, then I get the reward, which was on the door. Either I'm getting stat bonuses, I'm getting new powers, I'm getting coins, I'm getting keys, which can unlock new weapons. The stat bonuses, of course, let me update my stats. The coins let me buy upgrades for certain abilities. And the further along you go into the game, your uh, uncles or aunts, such as like uh, Athena or um, Poseidon, uh, or any other Greek god, Zeus even shows up and says, huh, so you haven't escaped yet, huh? We're waiting for you. We're having a party. <laughs> Your seat's getting cold. Here, have some lightning. Maybe this will help you. <laughs> and you get, like, special upgrades, special god upgrades based on how far you get. But, of course, if you die, you lose those upgrades, and you got to start again. So the idea here is that the, the more you play, the more you're updating your stats, what weapons you have, uh, what abilities you have, and eventually you're going to make it through this long gauntlet of rooms and escape Tartarus and uh, earn your seat back on Mount Olympus next to your god, uh, aunt, and uncles. Wow, interesting. And it's a top-down, isometric, hack-and-slash game. It's not turn-based. It's very uh, action-based. Um, and I'm enjoying it. Again, it's one of these games where I feel like I can only play it for a little bit at a time because it is technically the same thing over and over and over again, but it is fun to play in short bursts. The art style is really cool. Uh, it's very similar to, to Trans Sister as far as I can tell. Um, the voice acting is really good. It was 25 bucks. Um, this is It just came out on Switch, but this game's been around for a little while. It's a real popular game. Uh, but I wasn't really made aware of it until it came out on the Switch. So I, I would recommend it. So far, so good. I am enjoying Hades. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Oh, by the way, I meant to um, say, Transistor was also on the eShop for the Switch. That's where we, I was playing it. And it was like six bucks, I think. And then I had some bonus points saved up from, I think, Super Mario 3 All-Stars that I had purchased on there. So I used those towards the purchase. And it ended up being like a little over a dollar. So even though the game, in my opinion, was not the kind of game that I would want to keep playing, it's hard to say that it wasn't worth a buck. You know what I mean? So like, um, I highly encourage, and I know Wonder Rob would feel the same way. The eShop is so full of so many indie titles that may or may not be decent. And some of them are really well-priced, especially if you look for the great deals, uh, section. Um, I would say if you've got like 10, 20 bucks or less, it's hard to go wrong given some of these games a shot because you might be surprised. Um, and by the way, I did look up roguelike. Um, it's a subgenre of role-playing video games characterized by a dungeon crawl through procedurally generated levels. Yeah. So I did describe you did. it. Right. Yeah. You described it perfectly. <laughs> um, so uh, nice work. perfect. Um, and then Nintendo switch also put out a demo for Pikmin three deluxe edition. Yes. 
uh, a free demo. So I downloaded that and Shop downloaded that as well. Uh, this was my first time playing Pikmin. Me too. Uh, I had no no previous uh, experience with this game whatsoever. I had a general idea of what the game was like, um, but no actual experience with playing it. Um, and I'll tell you, Shaf, on a personal level, I really could not get through the demo. <laughs> Just couldn't. Just couldn't. You mean you couldn't because you found it to be annoying, boring, or it just was too long? I got bored. You got bored. I got bored. I got bored playing this demo. I got to tell you, no offense to anybody who's out there playing Pikmin and loving it, but for me, I didn't make it past the red Pikmin. Really? And part of it was the controls. Okay. Part of it was the look of the game. Really? I know this was a... I think this was Wii U? I think so. Or it might have been on the Wii. But I'll tell you, it. The, like, think of Mario Galaxy being up for the Nintendo Switch and the Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Of course, they did the same thing, but it did not do as much justice to this game as it did to Super Mario Galaxy. Um, and obviously, graphics aren't everything. But that was one thing I was really sort of pushed back by. I was sort of expecting that polish like I saw in Galaxy. Uh, but I got bored with it. I got bored with it. So I'm going to give a brief overview of what it actually is, and then I'm dying to hear what you think. So okay. uh, three um, three interstellar travelers are searching through the galaxy for a planet who uh, has fruit to eat. They've exhausted their resources, and they are out looking for a new planet uh, which has resources. And they crash land on this planet. Uh, the three alien, uh, or they're not aliens, but the three astronauts, the three human quote-unquote characters get separated um, and they find themselves on this strange planet inhabited with little Pikmin. Little uh, blue, yellow, and red little guys with a little, uh, little green leaf on their head. And the idea here is that you team up, you, you gather as many Pikmin as you can, and you use them to uh, overcome obstacles or enemies in the game by throwing them, pointing them in the right direction, and they take care of business for you. And that's that's the basic premise, again, as far as I got, anyways. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in a little more thoughts on it, but I want to hear what Shaf has to think first. What did you think of Pikmin? Okay, so yeah, so same for me. This was the first time I'd ever played a Pikmin game. Um, I actually was not bothered by the graphics. I knew that it was a remaster of a game from Wii U. So I knew it wasn't going to be like just amazing to look at, but it also wasn't awful to look at either. There were actually elements where I was like, oh, this is actually kind of a pretty game. Like some of the, the environment around you was, uh, um, like the way it's, the way it's presented, it's interesting because your characters and the Pikmin are so cartoonish and animated, but yet the environment that you're walking through is far more realistic looking. So it's kind of like a clashing uh, design look. I kind of liked it. it kind of, it was fun. Um, I have this theory, and because I, I don't know anything about Pikmin, like the fruit looks very Earth-like. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. Are we assuming that they've crash landed on Earth? Is that sound like that's probably what's happened? Um, that's sort of what I figured what was happening based on the planet that they showed that they were going to. Okay. In the in the opening cutscene, I was like, "Well, that kind of looks a lot like Earth." Yeah, I'm like, but they else? don't call it Earth; they give it some strange name, like an, an alien uh, planet that has Earth 
looking strawberries and lemons. Uh, I just kind of like, and, and then also like some of the structures, like there was like sand castles, um, uh, like garden buckets and stuff. Like I, f- I feel like they've landed on earth. I mean, that just seems like the most likely thing to me, but which I kind of liked, that was fun. It was like, as if earth is the alien planet. I thought that was an, a nice fun element. Um, wonder Rob, you're going to be surprised, but I really liked this game. I had a feeling this game was going to be up your alley. Yeah. I just had a feeling when I was playing it. I was like, this feels like Shaf would like really now, like this. <laughs> I did not finish the demo, but only because it's a very long demo. Well, yeah, I saw that it's long enough that where they're letting you uh, swap over your stats from the demo to the actual game. If you end up oh, buying Oh, that makes sense. Cause there was like, it was letting you save within the demo. I was like, Oh really? I was like, what is going on here? Like it's multiple days and you're saving in between. Like, I was like did I accidentally buy the game? <laughs> like, what did I get myself into? Um, but I did. So you first start out as the captain. I can't think of his captain. Charlie, I think is his name. Um, and then you move from him. He encounters some, some danger and you switch over and you play another one of the crash landed survivors, uh, Alf and which I'm sure is like short alien life form. He eats cats. He eats cats. Yes. Alf. Alf. That's right. That's right. Yeah. From the, the planet. Mm, what? What's oh, the we planet? Lost it. We lost it. The planet started off as a good Alf Shit. reference. And now Alf reference. Look up where I can't speak. Look up where Alf is from the planet on it. Um, but anyway, on so, it. Uh, the character Alf is, is another one of the astronauts. I think he's the engineer of the, the ship. And uh, the only other survivor is this chick named Brittany. And uh, here's one gripe I have with this game is that they don't have actual voice, like full voice dialogue. They have some kind of strange kind of like Animal Crossing speak, uh, but it kind of Nintendo seemed, loves to do that, it, but it, it honestly, it kind of seemed like it might just be full fledged Japanese or Chinese Maybe. or something like, because they still said the characters names as English. So it was like, Charlie, Brittany. Let me tell you, Alf, by the way, comes from the planet Melmac. Melmac. That's what it was. Keep that one in the back of your head in case you're ever on Jeopardy, folks. By the way, um, uh, totally useless information, but when I was uh, a kid in first grade, no, I'm sorry, in kindergarten, we did a March of Dimes uh, fundraiser, and I uh-huh. walked around the track enough times to earn an ALF stuffed animal. Oh, hell yeah. And so I, I had had that stuffed animal for years and years and years, and I gave it to my nephew, uh, Sawyer. So Sawyer is now in possession of the elf. Sawyer's got your elf. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You know, if I, my nephew saw my elf thing, I'd be like, get out of here, kid. You bother me. <laughs> I used to love that show though. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> Pikmin three. Yeah. Uh, I actually, after playing the demo, I would totally consider purchasing it and playing it because you think it's so you think you're going to do it. I'm, I mean, I might. I mean, I'm not interested in another $60 game right now, but uh, I certainly have. Oh, man, if they charge you $60 for this, 
I mean, Nintendo does that all the they time, do. but they really should. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have so many unfinished games right now, so I'm like in no rush to get another one, but uh, I like the dynamic because you know me, I'm more of a kind of a casual gamer. Like I don't like everything being thrown at me all at once. Like this game had kind of like a slow burn and I was digging it. Like it was, it was cool for me. So, and it required problem right, solving, which right. that part of my brain always enjoys. So I, I would say if you're a problem solving kind of dude, and you don't mind a slower dynamic of gameplay, Pikmin 3, solid choice. See, not me. I'm like, puzzle? Me hate puzzle. <laughs> me want to play Red Dead Redemption. Shoot gun. Bang, bang. <laughs> Off. <laughs> um, and we, uh, moving on there from just really quickly, we also uh, attempted to play Fall Guys Season 2, which just uh, started yesterday. Uh, we reviewed Fall Guys, uh, gosh, maybe like six or seven episodes ago, but season two started and we did not get very far. <laughs> All the same issues uh, that we ran into last time, meaning uh, dying all the time. Yes. <laughs> prevented prevented us from uh, being able to see the full the full spectrum of uh, of offerings for Fall Guys season two. Uh but from what I did see, I've enjoyed it. Um, I've got a little more a little more time with Fall Guys Season 2 than Shoff did. Uh, but on top of having the the uh, Renaissance uh, medieval costumes, there's one level in particular. It's a gauntlet uh, that has swinging axes, spiky floors, and I had a heck of a time playing that level. I know it, I'm probably not doing the level justice, but I was really hoping Shoff was going to get to experience that level, and it did not happen. <laughs> I'll have to keep playing happen. and hopefully I'll, I'll get that uh, one of the next times it seems like there's some Halloween outfits and stuff too so that's kind of cool yeah um, but we did play one round or a couple of rounds before we started recording tonight trying to get as much in as we could and proud to say your boy Wonder Rob made it to the final round the final ten yeah it was pretty impressive to and watch and I ate shit <laughs> yes until I ate shit um, I got boned. See, the, the thing with Fall Guys is that it's all luck. Mostly luck, anyways. And if you just happen to be standing on the wrong platform, you're going to fall into the nothingness. <laughs> Despite how, how, however much it feels like the odds are in your favor based on the choice that you made. That's when the game, the game sees you getting cocky and it's like, oh, you think you're going to win based on this choice? Well, how about... You lose. That game is never more fun, though, than when you're playing with someone else in, like, your party. For real. I do enjoy the game significantly more when I'm playing with Shaf than when I'm just playing it by myself. I'm very quick to turn it off <laughs> <laughs> if I start getting frustrated and I'm playing by myself. But if I'm, at least if I'm playing with Shaf or vice versa, I can imagine if I get frustrated and die, at least Shaf, odds are 50-50 that Shaf is still playing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can be like, start cheering him on, uh, which he did for me. I think you went out in the first row in that final round yeah. or in the first game in the I final did. round it and I made awful. it all the way to the end. And I had a little cheerleader the whole time. <laughs> Trying to give you the scoop Watching on. me. Jump, there was one jump, level. Jump. Yeah. One level where you had to push these platforms to get over walls and everybody's going for one platform. And I said, screw you guys. Started making my own platforms and made it to the end. Made it seven out of 25 
<laughs> because yeah. everybody was just uh, essentially dogpiling on one area. Again, if you've never played Fall Guys, this might sound like a total gibberish, but trust me, it makes sense if you've played it. Um, so I still recommend Fall Guys. I wish uh, I wish it were a, a split screen game. Bucks. It's too bad that you can't play it like local, like couch co-op type thing. Like that'd be fun. I don't know if you can actually. No, I, w- I wish you could. That right now. I'm saying I don't think you can. Uh, oh no, I'm saying I, I I don't know for a fact if you can't. Does Fall Guys have split screen? Uh, no multiplayer only game, no single player option. There is also no split screen. Okay, but that's, maybe that'll that's be one of the most games they these do. days. We can get me, you, and your girl. Yeah, that's true. And that's the part that kind of just imagine you and your girl playing this. She likes this game. She was watching me. uh, She was watching me play. She was watching us play. Uh, Definitely. It's a fun game. And she she was enjoying it, too. Um, I have a major gripe just in general with most games these days that forego split screen and local uh, uh, co-play, like co-op type situations. Um, Back in the day, Mm -hmm. like that was the jam. It was having people over, right? It was, it was the couch co-op. That was where it was at. Now you can't do that. I mean, first of all, COVID-19 will prevent that, but, um, but the idea of split screen, that was always so much fun. And I know, you know, I'm a screen looker, so I always liked split screen. Yeah, you are. (laughs) But, uh, it's a shame that now the only way to, to get together with people is to stay apart. (laughs) Yeah, that's just how it goes, yeah. man. That's how it goes these days. Now, Wonder Rob, there was but one I other game recommend. that you have been playing this past week, right? Oh, yeah. I did very, very briefly play Genshin Impact, uh, which is a free-to-play game um, on PlayStation. Uh, I don't know if it's on Xbox, but it's definitely on your Android, Apple phones. Coming out of China, everybody. It's a, a very similar game to uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in terms of aesthetic. But I got, I got a confession, Shaf. I did not get more than 10 minutes into Genshin Impact without deleting it from my PlayStation hard drive. Really? Because it was... And okay, and first of all, before I say what I'm about to say, let me, let me preface this with, if this is your jam, more power to you. I am not one to tell people you are not allowed to like the things that you like. But it was far too weeby for me, man. It was so weeby, I just had to turn it off. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. Um, and then also, I was running into like graphical problems. I was seeing a lot of pop-in um, textures disappearing and coming in. So I don't know. I don't really know what was that. Maybe that had just had to do with the fact that I was playing it on a base PS4. Um, but the game felt a little janky on top of the weebiness. And so I said, you know what? Nah, I've got other games to play. I got. I really want to play Hades. Like the whole time, I was like, Hades is kind of fun. Uh, so I did not get that far into Genshin Impact, and that's the best I can say about it. Uh, despite the fact, shop that Genshin Impact generally has uh, overwhelmingly positive reviews um, and is a very popular game, uh, mainly because it does have a Zelda aesthetic. It is a hack and slash. It is free to play. There are microtransactions. Um, but a lot of people seem to be really enjoying this game. But for me, my sensibilities did not let me get past 10 minutes. Wow. I, I physically went into my system's memory 
and deleted it <laughs> from my PlayStation. Dang. I said, nope, <laughs> not playing Dang. this anymore. You know, uh, Wonder Rob, <laughs> while we were talking about uh, Genshin Impact, um, I remembered one other game that I had been playing. I downloaded a demo. Oh, yeah? Uh, Death and sure. It's called Death and Taxes, and it's on Nintendo Switch. Um, mm. So it's a unique game. So basically you play the part of a newly recruited Grim Reaper. Imagine if there were like a ton of Grim, okay. Grim Reapers and you actually like, it was like a corporation. Oh yes. Yes. I think I've seen this game, but continue, continue. Yeah. So, so you, um, basically it's your first day on the job and mm-hmm. your job as a Grim Reaper is to decide who lives and who dies. And so you're basically yeah. sitting at your desk and it's kind of like a top down look at your desk, uh, surface and on it, you've got like a fidget spinner, <laughs> Like you've got some stuff to like interact with. Um, so you kind of like move your cursor around to sort of grab something and lift it and move it around. There's like a, um, um, a big marker. Uh, there's, uh, a fax machine. Um, there's your phone and there's a couple, basically depending on what day it is, you have a certain amount of, of, um, people basically like, how do I describe this? Uh, like a profile a profile of a person and you get mm-hmm. maybe communicated a few, few different profiles on any given day. And your boss, the leader of these grim reapers, uh, tells you, okay, so you have to kill, you have to kill at least two people out of the three, um, people that I've got sitting there on your desk. And of those mm-hmm. three people, uh, if there's anybody who's got a science background, cause they give you little bios of each person. Um, then you have to make sure that they don't die or something. It's like some like weird circumstances. You have to try to like make sure that you're checking all the boxes that I've killed enough people. I've let enough people live. If they are a certain type of person, I've made sure that they live or die, blah, blah, blah. And so each day has a different goal for that. And the bios are kind of funny because the way they're written, it's sort of like, uh, it talks about random things about people like, Oh, this person, uh, discovered, uh, that when they put shampoo, uh, in their hair, their hair turned green. And then they are also, uh, drug dealers and the thinking about getting into stripping. I don't know. It's like all like weird stuff. So you have to decide of the people that are on your (laughs) desk who lives and who dies. And based on what you choose, there is repercussions. So like your phone will then buzz the next day and you'll reaper. Oh, good. Sorry. That's good. Reaper (laughs) cushions. So your phone will buzz on your... You're welcome. You're welcome, fans. Uh, But (laughs) your phone basically has like a a makeshift Twitter that buzzes and gives you the updates of what happened in the news. So you can see like, oh, this person died, a tragic death, blah, 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 blah. And all at the direct hands of you making that decision. You can't kill more people than you should because it upsets the balance of chaos in the world. So you can only kill, like you should only kill the, the right amount of people. And your goal ultimately is to be promoted as a grim reaper. So like, it's kind of like a corporate setting for grim reaper. It's, it's a very funny dynamic. It's mildly fun. It's mostly boring, a little bit tedious. And if you have a desk job during the day, the last thing you're going to want to do is turn on the switch and play a game that has you sitting at your desk. Oh man. See the whole time. Is it safe to say you don't like this game? Uh, it's safe to say that I downloaded the demo. I played it all the way through. You play all seven oh, it's days. A demo. They got a uh, demo. I did. I, 
I, I beat the demo. I got like high marks from my boss. And at that point I was like, okay, I feel like I've uh, played this game. I don't know what more I could want to do with this game. So the demo was free. So no need to purchase it. What was it called? Death and taxes. Death and taxes. Death and taxes. I might try that. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I don't know. It's you're pushing my, my right buttons. It's not weeby. <laughs> no, first of all, it's not. <laughs> so it might, it might be up my alley. And one other thing that's really cool is the voice acting. Uh, although you don't get to hear your responses, whatever response you choose, the dialogue is fully acted. So, um, on the other end, so, and it's, it's always changing based on how you respond to the dialogue tree. So they took the time to do enough voice acting to provide all possible responses for your boss. So that in itself is pretty impressive. All right. All right. Maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give my report card on this game next week. And uh, speaking of next week, Shuff, we got a big show next week. I don't know if you know this. Uh, okay, I know, I do for a fact <laughs> actually know that you know this, Shuff, but the season finale of uh, The Boys Season 2 was today, and I believe you even finished it. Uh, you were quick to jump on that. Oh, yeah. But, but me, uh, Wonder Rob, I have been waiting to sink my teeth into the the boys season two until the whole thing's out because i don't like to wait um and i know i've said this a bunch of times on the show and i've even failed to follow through with what i've said <laughs> a bunch of times on the show when it comes to watching particular tv shows but next week we're coming back at you with uh, our review of the boys season two so make sure you're all caught up on that show because we are going to drop the hot takes on Carl Urban's opus. That's right. I'm calling it his opus. Uh, so be ready for that. And in the meantime, if you want more hot takes from Shaf and I, you already know where to find us on our uh, social media platforms. But if you want to find us as individuals, why, you can do that. You can follow my best friend in the whole wide world, Shaf, on Instagram and Facebook at Shaf. V-O, that's S-H-O-F-F, B as in voice, O as in over. You can follow me on the internets, the social medias, on Instagram and Twitter at WonderRob, W-O-N-D-E-R-R-O-B. If you haven't already done this, please subscribe. I know you made it all the way through the episode and you're listening to these words right now. So if you're not already subscribed, hit subscribe. Uh, why don't you also review us? Because if you review us, you're going to get a special shout out on the show. Uh, it's easy for us to find the Apple podcast reviews, but sometimes we don't notice the reviews on other platforms. So if you do review us on another platform, uh, by all means, let us know. Find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, or shoot us an email at geeksotospeakpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but other than that, you guys, it's been another another great week. Any final words, Shaw? Nothing other than this. We will see you next week. Same geek time. Same geek channel. Take care, everybody. Be safe. I love you. Wear a mask. And help comes from... Oh, I already forgot what point. You guys are fucking lame. <laughs> What's up, fellow geeks? It's your boy, Shaf. Hey, 
I want to take a quick moment and give a solid tribute out to a very great man, a man whose birthday was uh, today, and um, I wanted to just give a quick shout out uh, to the late, great Uncle Kerry. Um, you know, I have this Geek News podcast, right, and uh, I, I want to take a moment and just acknowledge that the reason why I have this, the reason why I am a a geek, a proud one at that, the reason why I love to perform, why I am a Trekkie to my core, why I love music, why I learned guitar, why I love doing voices and impressions is because of this man, my Uncle Carrie. And uh, uh, he's been uh, gone for two years. Uh, We lost him two years ago, and, uh, uh, you know, the sting is still fresh. So um, I thought in honor of his birthday for the outro, uh, I provide one of his and my most favorite SNL skits, Gotta Have More Cowbell. After a series of staggering defeats, Blue Oyster Cult assembled in the recording studio in late 1976 for a session with famed producer Bruce Dickinson. And luckily for us, the cameras were rolling. All right, guys, I I think we're ready to lay this first track down. By the way, my name is Bruce Dickinson. Yes, the Bruce Dickinson. And I got to tell you, fellas, you have got what appears to be a dynamite sound. Coming from you, Bruce, that means a lot. Yeah, I mean, you're Bruce Dickinson. This is incredible. I can't believe Bruce Dickinson digs our sound. Easy, guys. I put my pants on, just like the rest of you, one leg at a time. Except, once my pants are on, I make gold records. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Fear, don't fear the reaper. Take one, roll it. All right, one, two, three, four. second please that that was gonna be a great track guys what's the deal uh, are, are you sure that was sounding okay I'll be honest fellas it was sounding great but I could have used a little more cowbell <laughs> so let's take it again and Gene yeah really explore the studio space this time you got it Bruce I mean really yeah explore the space okay I like what I'm hearing roll it one, two, three, four. wasted two good tracks. This last one was even better than the first. Well, it's just that I find Gene's cowbell playing distracted. I don't know. If I'm the only one, I'll shut up. No, it's pretty rough. You know, I can pull it back a little if you like. Not too much, though. I'm telling you, fellas, 
You're gonna want that cowbell on the track. You know what? It, it's fine. Let's just do the thing. Okay, roll it. One, two, three, four. It doesn't work for me. I gotta have more cowbell. Don't blow this for us, Gene! Could be, be so selfish, Gene. Can I just say one thing? Say it, baby, just say it. I'm staring here, staring at rock legend Bruce Dickinson. The cock and a walk, baby. And if Bruce Dickinson wants more cowbell, we should probably give him more cowbell. Say it, baby. And Bobby, you are right, I am being selfish. But the last time I checked, we don't have a whole lot of songs that feature the cowbell. I gotta have more cowbell, baby. And I'd be doing myself a disservice and every member of this band if I didn't perform the hell out of this. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Thank you, Bruce. But I think if if I, if I just leave and uh, maybe I'll come back later, we can lay down the cowbell. Come on, baby. Gene, wait. Why don't you lay down that cowbell right now with us together? Do you mean that, Eric? Oh, yeah. Speaks for all of us. Thank you. Babies. Before we're done here, y'all be wearing gold-plated diapers. What does that mean? Never question Bruce Dickinson. Roll it. One, two, three, four. 